0: Good morning. Hey, welcome to Chapel. Uh, I've got a few announcements for you this morning. First off, next week, uh, next Wednesday is a reading day, which means there won't be classes next Wednesday, which also means there's not Chapel next Wednesday, but uh, you still get credit for coming to Chapel next Wednesday, even though there isn't Chapel next Wednesday. So, So pretty cool. No next Wednesday, reading day, no Chapel, but you still get credit. Uh, one other thing to know, well, actually, I'm going to give you four announcements, so just get ready for more things to know. Uh, but the fitness center is now open. So if you uh, would like to get fit uh, this, semes- this semester, uh, it's now open. Bridget Heinzman sent you an email last week with how you can register to, to go to the fitness center. And you need to do that because they're limiting the amount of people in the space at a time. So check, check your email for that. Um, this week, Geneva College Theater is putting on Alice in Wonderland. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, Alice in Wonderland will be showing. Uh, you, can, you can watch that online, so, so check that out. All right, two more announcements. One. So I'm the director of the CSE. What you may or may not know about the Center for Student Engagement is that there's a hundred student leaders who work in our office throughout the year to put on programs, to make Welcome Week happen, to be mentors, et cetera. And we're going to start recruiting for next year. So if you're interested in being a...
1: You too, Dr. Ward. You're never left out of that. Good morning. Good to see all of you. The theme this morning is that God is our judge. Um, You'll notice in the text that Pastor Baker is going to preach on is that God's justice in Scripture is almost always closely linked to protecting the poor, being near to the brokenhearted, um, defending the oppressed, and putting down the oppressor. This is the consistent theme through, through all of Scripture. And our Psalms this morning magnify the name of the Lord for that very reason. So we're going to to start by reading a portion of Psalm 98. In in the beginning of Psalm 98, uh, the psalmist declares that God is a world. This is who God is. So the second half of the psalm, the part we're going to read, calls on all not just all people, but all of creation to raise their voices in praise of the Lord with unbridled joy. What's the reason for this unbridled joy? This all culminates, as we'll see, in the fact that God is coming as judge. He's going to judge with righteousness, and he's going to judge with equity. If you are God's, a member of God's people, this should result in unbridled joy, the very thought of this. So with that in mind, if you're able, please stand, and we'll read from Psalm 98 together. Let's read together from Psalm 98. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre in the sound of melody, with trumpets in the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Amen. You may be seated. Our judge is coming, and that's good news. That's good news. We're going to hear Psalm 67 sung to us. We often think of Psalm 67 as a missions hymn because it's calling all the peoples of all the earth, all people groups, to praise the name of the Lord. Essentially, Psalm 67 seeks to turn every living person into a worshiper of the Lord. Isn't this what missions is all about, right? Uh, But why? Why does the Lord deserve the praise from every living being? Because he's judge. And he's not just judge, but he judges with equity and he judges with righteousness. So let's experience Psalm 67 together.
2: Oh God. So mercy to us and bless us with your grace, and cause to shine upon us the brightness of your face, so that the whole world over may truly know your way, and so that your salvation on nations see spray oh God let people spring
3: Good morning, Geneva family. It's good to see you all this morning. Good to be with you. Uh, Would you join me in the Apostles' Creed? Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen we pray with me lord we thank you for the sunshine today for the warmer temperatures that remind us that seasons do change thank you for the hope that things do not always remain the same, that even when winter comes and life seems stalled or death truth, that you will never forsake your own, that you hate sin, evil, and injustice more than we ever could. Lord, remind us when we forget that you are not passive, that Scripture calls you redeemer, reconciler, and Lord of the breakthrough. And, Lord, as we go about our work today, whether it be teaching, learning, coaching, cooking, repairing, or administering. Lord, may you find us faithful in all that we've been given. May this Geneva community be champions of what is good and right and beautiful May we show honor and concern for each other, that no one on our campus, whether student, faculty, or staff, should suffer needlessly the pangs of discouragement, disillusionment, or isolation. Lord, let your joy abound in every nook and cranny of this campus. Let your peace pervade every heart, and your truth reign over it all. Amen. Would you join me in our Lord's Prayer? This is Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear.
4: Good morning, good to see everyone. It is good to be with you. I bring you greetings from the highway, from Pittsburgh to Beaver Falls. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the total sufficiency of Jesus Christ, for the comprehensive understanding that your word gives us of life and Lord God, we ask now that you would speak in these moments. I'm asking that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. I pray that you would give this university, this college dedicated to your glory, uh, the insight and the wisdom and the Lord. the ministry that is needed for this time. And so speak now, we pray, through your word in Christ's name, amen. The word of the Lord comes from Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31. And at verse 31, you find these words. When the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. On his left, depart from me. You cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked, sick or in prison and did not minister to you and then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you didn't, did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of God for you, the people of God, thanks be to God. And today I want to speak from this subject, Geneva, God, Is our judge. God is our judge. I recently watched a sitcom with my wife that humorously dismissed Christianity and organized religion as a a device that is used to control people and stifle the human spirit, stifle our God given or, or our innate creativity, exploration, and freedom that is really the power that can change the world. It was hard for me to watch Geneva because amidst the poking fun at our faith was a bold hostility against the person of Jesus Christ and the unique salvation that he offers to humanity. Jesus, in this show, as this family sat around the dinner table, discussing the reasonability of faith, was just one God amongst many, whom one should feel free to accept or reject at their own private judgment, that is, if they were inclined to take the notion of God seriously at all. I tried to get into the show, but I couldn't, right? kind of broke my heart and troubled me because there was a real negative judgment of the God that I serve. The God that I know, the, the salvation that I have received and believe and stake my life upon, cast my life upon. Christianity was presented as unhelpful for getting along with real life in the real world. Faith in Jesus and faith at all was presented as something that helps people in their own private way with the difficulties of life, but nothing that defines life and reality for us in truth. This comedy was no laughing matter because the most dangerous message I believe is suggested was that though religion and Christianity were not necessary, people can feel free to judge the usefulness of faith for themselves. If necessary, the message of this 25 minute family comedy to its viewers was that you are the judge of God. While that may seem to be the case when one stands at the Western smorgasbord of theological belief, this is not the message of today's text. No, Jesus teaches that God is, in fact, our judge. And we will have to answer to him for how we have accepted or rejected both his message and his messengers, the church. So the relevant question I want to explore today is this. What does this text teach us about God being our judge? The first truth I see in the text of Geneva is this, God's judgment of nations and individuals is mediated through Jesus on the last day. God's judgment of nations and individuals is mediated through Jesus on the last day. Today's text admits that time and history have a destiny. History is his story. And the end of the world, as we know it, will take place with all people throughout time from all nations of the world gathered before the throne of God as Jesus sits on the throne, pronouncing judgment on individuals and nations. Jesus is the son of man in today's text. God's human and divine representative who perfectly fulfills the law of God and reflects the character of God at that day. And he has the final word about the acceptance or rejection of all of our lives by God based upon how we have lived in the world. Jesus, the son of man, sits on the throne of God, enacting the judgment of the king of kings and the Lord of lords, Because Jesus is God, and God is our judge. Can I get an amen? (laughs) My aunt works for a judge, and she's worked for a judge for many years. And when I was a child, I would go to visit her uh, down in Pittsburgh, and I would visit her courtroom, and I would actually have the opportunity, Dr. Trout, to sit in the judge's seat. But that did not mean that I was the real judge, did it? Uh, no, I did not go to law school. Don't want to go to law school. The time I was in the seat was fun, but court was not actually in session. And when court was in session, I was not in the seat. The true judge was in the seat. Jesus in today's text reminds you and I, brothers and sisters, that we should not be deceived by the deception of Satan, our own sin in our heart or the folly of this world system court is not yet in session church but humanity feels like it is sitting in the judge's seat during this time in history but on the last day let the church say the last day on the last day the true judge jesus will take his seat on the throne of the most high god and court will then be in session and the judge will be sitting casting his judgment This is God's world, and there is no future in it without a right acknowledgement of our need for a savior from our sin and rebellion against the creator of the universe and the judge of all humanity. The world as we know it has a way of deceiving us into believing that human beings are in charge of this world and of our lives, and of our lives. But today's text reminds us that Jesus is, not, is, that Jesus is not just the savior of our souls, but he is the judge of the nations and the world because he is the son of man and the savior of God and time and eternity sway toward his judgment. The second truth we see in the text is that Jesus will judge us based upon how we receive the message and the messengers of his salvation. Jesus will judge us, Geneva, based upon how we receive the message of the gospel and his church who brings his message to the nations. It is often thought that today's text is about care for the poor, the marginalized and the oppressed groups within human society globally. And that's a value within scripture. That's a value In the heart of God, there are a plethora of other scriptures that clearly articulate God's special care for the outcasts and the Christian's responsibility to care and minister to the oppressed and vulnerable groups in society in order to share the gospel message and the gospel power with those who are broken by the power of sin so that they might be restored through the power of God. There's a bunch of texts that speak to that need for the church to be a witness in the world. And a concern for social justice is not some form of a social gospel that has no need for Christ. It's evangelicalism that uh, picks and chooses about who God cares about, is not the faith of the scriptures. It is a false God. God cares about all image bearers. And God cares about the pain that all image bearers go through in broken sinful human societies and systems. And he calls his church to go and love and minister to the broken of people who look like them, people who don't look like them, people who are even on the other side of the world, because we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But, It does not seem that this text today is specifically one of those portions of Scripture that deal with Christian social witness. Rather, in verse 40, Jesus clarifies that the hungry, the naked, the sick, the thirsty, and the imprisoned describe the condition of his disciples and how they are treated throughout the nations when they bring the gospel of grace, of the grace of God through faith in the redemption of Jesus Christ, life, death, and resurrection from the dead to the nations. The church will often suffer or be accepted within the nations because of their proclamation of Christ and him crucified and risen for the salvation of the world. And so Jesus teaches that the nations and individuals will be accepted by God or rejected by God, Geneva, based upon how they have treated the brothers and sisters of Jesus who have shared with them the good news of salvation from God and reconciliation with God that Jesus gives. Look at verse 40 again. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, my brothers, You did it to me. See, earlier, Jesus defined who, defines who his family truly is. When his blood relatives come to the house where Christ is ministering and they want him to come outside, he says, my brother and mother and sister, which is something I can't fathom saying to my own mother, (laughs) are those who do the will of the Father, are those who are his disciples and a part of his covenant community. As a child, uh, playing with my brothers and my brother and sister and my cousins, my close cousins, I really quickly learned that my siblings and my cousins did not care when I told them to do something. <laughs> and so I cherished the opportunities where I could tell them what to do. But it always was dependent upon one clause. Go take the garbage out because mom said so. And I I just loved it because when I would just tell them to go take the garbage out at first, they just said, no, shut up, get out of here. Right. But when I add, because dad said so. They had to listen. They had to obey. So it is in our world, friends, the criteria that Jesus will judge the nations and individuals by on the last day is based upon what they have done with the message Of Jesus, and based upon how they have either rejected or accepted the messengers of Jesus, which are his disciples and his church. Can I ask you, friend, what have you done with Jesus? Have you accepted his salvation today? Have you believed that he is the sinless, suffering Son of God who died to save you from the punishment of your sins and who God is? And who God, in honor of his sacrifice for sinners, raised from the dead on the third day after his death, so that all who believe in him might have eternal life with God? If you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you will have eternal life and peace with God. You will be judged by God in Jesus Christ as one of his righteous sheep. But if you have rejected the message of Christ and his messengers, his church, the tr- uh, you will become a rejected goat. Jesus' judgment is based upon how we receive the message and the messengers of His salvation. Thirdly, and finally, Jesus' judgment will reward the righteous with eternal life and the wicked with eternal punishment. Uh, what we sow, we reap. Amen. As an instructor of high school and middle school students, it is a difficult. Uh, I did to, to sell, right? To get them to understand that uh, most often your grade reflects what the work you've put into your assignments. And professors, I know that you do not have to deal with this uh, and, uh, issue with the scholarly students here at Geneva College and the, the content of their work ethic. Yet in middle school and high school, I have to poke and prod all the time. Uh, you get out of class what you put into it, students say, man. And you get out of life what you put into it. That lesson doesn't change. Jesus will judge the righteous and the wicked based upon their response and treatment of the gospel and the gospel messengers. For to reject the gospel and to reject the message, messenger is to reject God. What you've done to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it to me. God and his good news and Jesus are identified with the Christian who comes bearing the message rightly to the nations and individuals for God. When one rejects the messenger and the message, they reject God. And on the last day, God will reject them and send them to eternal punishment and fire which was created for Satan and his demonic angels. Those, on the other hand, who accept Christ will be accepted by God and sent by God to enjoy eternal life with God in the kingdom, which God has created for them. God has prepared for you who love him. Friends, I just come with this very simple message. Today, receive Christ. Receive the church that faithfully is proclaiming Christ Jesus' good news of salvation to you. Yes, there are a lot of churches that are not, but there are a lot of churches that are. And God is calling you today to receive his gospel and his family. For your life will be judged on that last day based upon how you have received the message of Christ proclaimed to you. History is marching toward a destiny and the destiny of the nations and individuals is to stand before the throne of the most high God and receive the judgment of the God of life or punishment eternally based upon our faith and reception of Christ and his church. Accept Christ today for your eternal destiny depends on it. My wife and I have been married for more than 15 years And often she will reflect that in a few years, I will have been with you more than I have been with my mother and my father. And that is why it's often said that marriage is the next most important decision to coming to know Christ. And marriage and every other important decision becomes second place to that acceptance of the gospel. Precisely because when we accept the gospel, it has implications not only for this world, but for the world to come. And our time in eternity will far outlast our time in this temporal fading existence. So choose Christ, accept Christ. Jesus lived for your righteousness, he died, for your sinfulness and rose for your acceptance in the kingdom of God. Receive Christ and his church today so that you will be judged as righteous before Christ's throne at that last day, amen? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the privilege to share your message with them today. And I ask, Lord, that they would receive your word, that they would receive your good news, that they would receive Jesus. And on that day, they would be ushered into everlasting peace and life with you in the kingdom. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.
2: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All you nations extol him, extol him. For great is his love toward us.